We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's Monday night. It's Labor Day. Chris and I had a couple of long weekends. We will talk about that. We had long weekends over the long weekend. We will talk about that. And it's our first regular season pod of the year. We're super excited to talk about football that is going to count and is going to ultimately determine whether the 49ers do or do not make a Super Bowl run. They open in week one against the Detroit Lions. We're going to begin, though, with a quick mailbag, a discussion of the Josh Norman signing. And as I said, we will talk about our weekends as well. Regular season football. Get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. Chris, we're opening our first regular season pod with a very off-season thing. We're going to talk about our weekends. <laughs> it was a great weekend. It was a really good week. It was a really good weekend. It was so you went to Disneyland. I did go to Disneyland. Did you for the first time since February of 2020? So not super long ago. So how was uh did you go to the Star Wars stuff? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was yeah. Is that the love... second time you've done that? <laughs> it's like the fourth or fifth time I've done that. Uh the Star Wars thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we went like the first the first weekend it was open to like the general you didn't have to like get a reservation to get in. Um so we did that and then uh, I've been a few times since and then uh, the pandemic happened. Okay. That's cool. Um, or maybe that's all the same trip. I can't remember, man. No, so it's definitely not all the same trip. The takeaway, I've done it a few times. Yeah, the takeaway here is all the Disney experiences for you blend together. Yes. It's <laughs> we go a lot. I've had I think I've been to Disneyland and or Disney World three times total in my life. Oh, it sounds like you go more frequently than me. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm also a way bigger dork than you. So <laughs> I'm a pretty big dork. Um, 
I played golf at Bodega Bay on uh, Saturday and I had an 8 a.m. Beautiful images from that. Thank you. <laughs> which meant <laughs> which meant driving up, uh, leaving my house at 530 in the morning on Saturday, which was fine. Didn't get a ton of sleep the night before, but um, Bodega Bay is beautiful. I never played it before. And being from Sonoma County, it was awesome to finally get out there. And my buddy told me who I was playing with, he was like, yeah, the last three holes are kind of weird. Um, get ready and I like didn't give it a second thought and the last three holes are really weird but they're also incredible because so we drove uh, we drove carts uh, and but you have to to play the 17th you have to park your cart and then walk the hole and so like you you walk over this bridge that's like this marshland so that you have the tee box and then this marshland you got to hit over it's a short par four that's drivable and I ended up missing with my driver just right of the green and I birdied the hole. But you walk over a hill and then there's the beach and you can see all of Bodega Bay from like, oh, from that sick. point. Um, and then you play a par three going back the other way. Uh, and so then that you was, pick up your cart. And then you pick up your cart before you That's get cool. back on 18. Um, so, yeah, just uh, an incredible course. Didn't play all that well, but um, had a lot of fun. Went, went to a music festival. Went to Bottle Rock, only the Bottle second music great. festival I've ever been to. Had a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one's Bonnaroo, right? What's that? <laughs> Just the idea that you've randomly been to Bonnaroo really tickled me. I don't even know where Bonnaroo is. I've I don't either. Lands. That was the other one. I don't know where Bonnaroo is either. It's somewhere in the Midwest, I think. Yes, probably stood in one place for the longest I ever have, like in my life or anything sure just like standing and like at, like i've i've stood in one spot sort of close to the stage so we could be close to foo fighters for like from like 4 p.m till we left at like 10 so i like got in the car and had never been more excited to just sit down but excellent show if you get to if you get a chance to go to uh bottle rock i'd highly recommend it it was a great time everyone had proof of vaccination or a covet test so it was cool uh i got to go to bottle rock on kind of a weird like whim um i was not going to go and then like three days before somebody who had tickets couldn't go and they were like do you want these tickets for free it's like yes i want that for sure (laughs) and it was the night of the warriors 2018 conference finals against the rockets because it's usually like memorial day weekend right right and the Warriors that was so that was the year that the Rockets had the 0 for 27 Mm, three point stretch in game seven so I was at Bottle Rock for game six and I don't know if you remember how game six started but the Warriors were down like 20 points in the first half it was ugly and so but I'm at Bottle Rock I'm watching shirtless 60 year old Billy Idol sing Rebel Yell and like trying to enjoy myself (laughs) I was having some pretty good paella and and drinking some Chardonnay and and it was like it was this really good time but it's like dang like the Warriors season's gonna be over this sucks and then there was this guy next to me uh, while the Killers are gonna come on because that's who we were kind of really there to see like they were the headliner for the day and we're waiting for the Killers to come on and this guy's like hey the Warriors have cut it to ten she's like oh man and then like as the Killers show is going on we find out that the Warriors came back and won. And so now it's just a fiesta for that. And the killers are kicking ass. And it was it was an incredible, incredible show. Probably not as good as the food uh, Foo Fighters, but uh, the killers was a great bottle rock experience. 
the only thing you, and and uh my buddy who i went with made this point he was like hey I fast forward if you want to hear football talk we'll get yeah there. i i he, he what he said because i kept referencing old school foo fighters fans and those are the people who love like you know monkey wrench and everlong and um like stuff that came out in like the early 2000s and we're like yeah i didn't really appreciate dave Grohl referring to to us as as old school like foo fighters fans because it's like they've been around for 28 years which is insane to think about yeah and being like wow i'm really aging myself at this point um you also went and saw guns and roses on purpose so in 2021 i I, so i spent money (laughs) to go to bottle rock to see foo fighters i was given tickets in a luxury suite to go see guns and roses um but yeah great experience i could do without like the people who are just trying to get to the front who are like trying to be polite as they shove you out of the way to get in front of you and stand oh sorry when they're like oh sorry excuse me i'm just going to meet somebody up there it's like i know what you're doing you don't have to like you know you don't have to you don't have to make it seem like you're you're being really polite about just shoving in front of everybody else because that's what you want to do i would respect it more (laughs) if they were like oh i'm more important than you sorry (laughs) sorry i'm just trying to get closer i'm trying to get in front of you (laughs) (laughs) like i would respect that a whole lot more same you also said and then real quick and we'll get to we'll get to 49er stuff but you also said that dave Grohl did like a little just like side session on a side stage so dave Grohl played like there's a, a tiny little side stage and i didn't get a good view of him there are there several a, tiny side stages by the yeah way. there was a block of speakers but it just popped up on your phone if you have the app you'll get notifications whatever and it's like heads up dave Grohl is playing like seven days of hanukkah or something and uh he like he played like beastie boys and i was um i had been drinking quite a bit at this point so i don't remember yeah. all of the songs but uh it was just incredible because it was Dave Grohl drumming and vocalizing like sabotage, like from the Beastie Boys. That's so sick. And he was like, he's like, I'm not even Jewish, but I just feel like representing the Jewish people. And I'm like, wow, this is Dave Grohl speaking <laughs> Shout to the <out>. guy. <laughs> so it was. And then, uh, and then you randomly send a text to the group chat that said Zoom 8 p.m. <laughs> Man, what? <laughs> I'm line, I was lining up a guest. I, I got hit up from a from a future guest who's sort of prominent, who you'll hear later this week. And uh, I had to respond, but I responded to the wrong the wrong chat. So because you've been drinking, you and Nick and heavily since like, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, not, not someone super important. I mean, it was one of those things. Is like you get there early. Uh, it was like get breakfast or should we start drinking? And the the decision was the latter. So. It's called Bottle Rock. You drink yeah. bottles and you rock. Well, they were cans. It's a great time. But, it's a yeah. great i mean you get it it's a great if you get a chance to go to bottle rock or you, you want to save up and go i highly recommend it i'm not a music festival large crowd person at all and i had a kick-ass time at bottle rock hey bottle rock sponsor the pod sure <laughs> cooper's yeah. had beer at bottle rock coop coop sponsor the pod <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which good or sunglasses no uh let's let's <laughs> Let's talk about the 49ers news that broke while I was waiting to get on soaring over California and was cranking out an article <laughs> while standing in the queue. Josh Norman. Dude, did you do that your entire time in Disneyland was write articles on your phone? No, I did one yesterday when the Josh Norman news came down. Okay. And like published like as they were like, how many in your party? <laughs> Four. Awesome. 
And then uh, the other one was when they officially signed Josh Norman and then released Dante Johnson. Got it. News we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, While we were like getting ready to leave breakfast this morning. And so I'm like, hang on, everybody. We'd we'd already done the kind of sit around and, you know, make small talk and like, all right, should we head out? Like right about the time we had agreed to that. Hey, 49ers announced roster moves. (laughs) Hang on, guys. You're like looking for a way to exit out of the conversation anyways. You're like, how convenient. Yeah. News. <laughs> like, wow, you know, what? I got to look up Dante Johnson's career numbers. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the 49ers signed Josh Norman and released Dante Johnson. Um, I guess the, the first of the two, the two questions here is one is Josh Norman still good. And I think the fact that he was still unsigned and is now joining a team where he's going to be maybe the like fourth corner is probably an indication of where he's at in his career at 33 years old. Yeah, I, I think really it, it speaks to a couple different things, right? I think it speaks to the fact that Emmanuel Mosley hasn't practiced yet. Um, he didn't practice today. Uh, I, w- I did not go to practice today, but uh, the re- re- beat reporters who were there reported that um, Emmanuel Mosley did not practice, and he's been dealing with a hamstring injury throughout August, really, and uh, so that's problematic. So signing Josh Norman is an insurance policy p- potentially for Emmanuel Mosley. Um, and maybe Jason Verrett, because he was dealing with plantar fasciitis in his foot um, towards the end of the preseason. I don't know that it's serious, but it might be something that could linger. And if he does have to miss time, 
you probably feel better about Josh Norman than you would the rookies. So really the main thing here is Josh Norman's insurance for the two starters. The secondary thing is the fact that the 49ers don't feel confident enough in Diamond Lenore or Ambry Thomas, or are just maybe against the idea of having to thrust a rookie into a significant role early on mm-hmm. um, because they just, you know, are rookies and you don't necessarily want to, you know, like Ambry Thomas is a third round pick like Akella Witherspoon was, but Ambry Thomas didn't play last year and had to knock off a lot of rust throughout training camp in the preseason. Right. I w- I'm a little surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be terribly surprised, but like I thought based on Diamador Lenore's preseason that maybe you would feel fine putting him out there if he had to play. Yeah. So it- that that's kind of where I was after. And when Devonte Harris went on IR and they re-signed Dante Johnson, that to me was a signal like, oh, they feel really good about Diamador Lenore being the first guy off the bench. Right. And so to me, like the, the main takeaway here is that Don like Josh Norman is better than Dante Johnson at this point, yeah. even though Josh Norman isn't what he was in 2015 when he was an all pro and a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, but that- he's just better than Dante Johnson at this point. And Dante Johnson was hurt. He was dealing with an abductor injury. And so with Devonte Harris hurt, Dante Johnson hurt, Josh Norman is sort of like your third option to be your third string corner. So uh, two, two things on that one, 2015 was so long ago. It was 2015 was a 2015 was was Jim Jim Tom Tom Sula. Yeah. That's, that's so long ago. So it's also worth noting that Josh Norman had that one awesome year and then he's been like fine every other year of his career. He's just a, a fine cornerback. The other question I have is, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but it just kind of comes back up again in this situation is if they were looking for a veteran corner to be kind of, you know, a, a reserve or a, a kind of insurance policy is the, the phrase I think I'm looking for. Why not Richard Sherman? Because I think Richard Sherman is the type of player who's signing to a team for a starting job, right? Like he, he would sign to a team and, and to do it because he, there's a starting job available. There isn't sure. a starting job right now, in my opinion. And Sherman probably isn't a guy you bring in who like might not even be active on certain game days, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Sherman's too high profile. He's accomplished too much. You know, I, I think for him, it, it would probably be better just to not play rather than be sort of on the roster bubble every week, so to speak, in terms of like who's active and who isn't. Right. And Josh Norman's not at that point in his career. He's he, I'm assuming that he's willing to do that. And the reason why you get Josh Norman is because of, you know, his willingness to be in that role and also the potential upside if he can be sort of a veteran KG guy who helps you out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately it's because the 49ers don't have a starting job open and one that Sherman could have for the whole season without, you know, being challenged for it. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other little, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm going to call it news, but I'm going to do so tongue in cheek. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to speak to the media this week. Yeah. Which. Which is notable because the air quotes starting quarterback is the only one who speaks to the media on Wednesdays. Now, what could throw this for a real loop is if 
Trey Lance is among the other players. Uh, but Trey Lance, speaking of, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start on Sunday, everybody. Um, if you hadn't gathered that yet. <laughs> um, the the notable thing about the quarterback situation, though, is that Trey Lance, uh, according to reports from practice on Monday, had gotten rid of the sleeve on his right index finger that he had been wearing during last week's practices, but he is still not taking snaps or throwing footballs. Right. Which, yeah, so, it, so he lost the splint. Right. Like can't find it. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't, they, they don't feel the need to, to protect that finger with a splint anymore, but they're not confident enough in it that, uh, that he was taking snaps and throwing today. Kyle Shanahan said that the timeline was going to be seven days. I was, last Monday. Um, do you think that this rules out entirely him playing on Sunday or are you waiting to see what happens Wednesday before kind of determining whether this will have an impact on, on the game plan Sunday? I'm going to wait to see what happens on Wednesday because they said there was, I mean, first of all, they haven't said if he loses the splint on Monday, then he'll be fine. They, they said, hopefully he can return to throwing on Monday. That's not, John Lynch called that like an optimistic goal. Um, so what happened was instead of him re- resuming throwing and taking snaps, he just did the same thing he did last week with the splint on just without the splint. Um, in terms of what that means for Sunday, I don't really see much value in playing Trey Lance if he's not able to throw the ball. Right. Like accuracy yeah, wasn't accuracy yeah. was one of his main issues during the preseason. Right. So I don't know why messing with his confidence by potentially playing when his accuracy was an issue before the hand injury, playing him with the hand injury just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. And it also wouldn't make a lot of sense to play him if he's one dimensional. Right. Like if, if Trey Lance is going to be this wrinkle in your offense, it's much less of a wrinkle if you're telling the defense, hey, Trey Lance is in and we're going to run the ball because he didn't throw the ball at practice all week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, defeat the, I, defeat the whole just, purpose. If, you, if Trey Lance doesn't throw at practice this week and you don't feel comfortable calling passing plays with Trey Lance in there, then he doesn't have any value, in my opinion, because you're basically just telling the defense you're going to run the ball. And maybe yeah. you could maybe you could still have some effective running plays. But if you're um, going to do that, you might as well put Debo Samuel back there. Right. So it's it's just one of those things where this is one of the reasons why you have two quarterbacks. Right. So you could withstand a, an issue like this. We you know, we came into the year thinking it would be Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy that, that you'd have to worry about replacing. And I know it was kind of a freak injury, but it's the shoes on the other foot. You yeah. have Jimmy Garoppolo because Trey Lance isn't available. So not available, but not at full strength. So to me... I would be surprised um, if they risk Trey Lance. If like they, they need to be a thousand percent that Trey Lance can throw without feeling pain um, before they could play him on Sunday, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I, I think, I think they'd be wise to take it slow. I think this is why you have Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said. Um, and basically everything they do with Trey Lance should be about building Trey Lance, not giving right. him an, op- an opportunity to lose his confidence if he just comes out and can't throw the ball like he's used to throwing it. Yeah. And that's one of those things where they've been so cautious with injuries through the entire off season 
like even OTAs and their training camp through the preseason, that rushing your rookie quarterback back into action for the sake of like, hey, a few snaps against the Lions, a team they should beat, frankly. Yeah, they like, should they should be able to handle the Lions with Jimmy Garoppolo right. quarterback, no doubt. So, um, it's not it's not a huge surprise that Lance wasn't throwing today, um, or on on Monday, I should say. I'm really interested to see what happens Wednesday and Thursday, though, because, like you said, if he's throwing by Wednesday, you'd feel pretty good of about them putting together a game plan that involves him for five or eight plays or whatever they decide on. Um, But if it's still hurting him at all, they're not going to, that's not going to be something where they're it's imperative that he, that he plays for them to beat Detroit. And like, really to me, the most important thing too, is you don't want Trey Lance to be out there like worrying about throwing the ball and then smacking his hand on somebody's helmet when he does. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not, not stepping gonna, into throws and yeah, you're not going to throw confidently. You're not going to throw accurately in that situation. It's just like, I, I, I just think that is, has disaster written all over it. If that's what you're, if that's what you're doing. So, um, every, yeah. everything they, Trey Lance is going to do this year is going to be about his long-term development right? and getting hurt and then re-injuring that in his first game is not going to help his long-term development. So unless yeah. they're 100% confident that he is good to go, ready to let it rip, I don't see any reason that they put him out. Yeah. So I, I think it's more likely that if he does play, it wouldn't it wouldn't be till week two. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right. fair. And if he does play Sunday, it would be for like four or five plays at the max. And I would bet they're all running plays. Um, Just to maybe put that on tape and at least give Lance the experience of you know, right. playing in a hostile road environment for whatever that's worth. Uh, all right, let's get into our quick mailbag. Uh, got a couple of good questions in here that I wanted to make sure that we get to before the end of this pod. We're going to start doing three pods a week during the season. Um, so we'll get into a kind of a deeper Lions preview later on in the week. Um, we're going to have more guests, I think coming up and then we're going to do a, you know, kind of deep dive preview pod. And, and after each game, we'll do a post game wrap and all that jazz, just trying to kind of maximize uh, the content that we we're, have three, we have two episodes remaining this week and we have three guests lined up. That's right. Yes. Three <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> yeah, the, like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's going to be, it's going to be a good week. I'm really excited yeah. about who we got coming on Wednesday. I think fans will be excited. 49ers fans would be excited uh, about Wednesday. Football fans too. in general might be excited about. Yeah, potentially. Or uh, just like if you love good energy and just like a vivacious personality, I think that's that's who we got coming on on Wednesday. Vivacious is a great word. I've trying been to told, keep the pod trying to keep the pod fresh. I've been told the, the the guest who's coming on Wednesday told me that he wants to dominate the pod. Oh boy! So <laughs> it's gonna get brought apparently. Wait, you got Robbie Gold? <laughs> no, Robbie's not coming on the pod. It's not an active player. Um, all right. So let's so so I said all that to say we're starting it off with a mailbag because we don't have a game to break down, which we will typically do on Mondays. So we went to the mailbag and got some good questions. I'm gonna answer the the one that our colleague at Blue Wire, Samus Fondiari, asked first. Okay. 
he is the host of the light years podcast with Andy Lou subscribe to those guys. If you have not, uh, he asks, what pair of J's will Kyle buy if Jimmy Garoppolo throws three touchdowns in week one. And you asked the very pertinent question, which Kyle, because yeah. there's me, Kyle, yeah. and then Kyle Shanahan. Right. I would buy Concords. That's okay. the best Jordan, in my opinion. I would agree with you because I have a pair in my closet. I used to have two pairs. They were the only shoes I ever had two <laughs> pairs of. They're the um, best. They're my favorite. They're my favorite Jordan. Yeah. And I'm not like a like a shoe guy. Yeah. But if I were to spend money on Jordans, that's what I would buy. In in a past life, I was a I was very into the shoe the shoe culture. You still are a culture. I still wear my old shoes, but I don't like. I'm not like doing. I don't even have the sneakers app. But like, I took got, a lot of L's. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have some some stuff. Like, I have some cool things that I'll that I can still wear. Sure. Um. So I don't need to buy new ones. Like, I've moved enough times to understand like how much of a pain in the ass having a sneaker collection is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just stopped collecting and, and thankfully as time goes on, your, your shoes sort of get cooler and cooler. Right. Like, damn, those are like a decade old. I'm like, no, I've worn them like five times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but, uh, people say that about my vans a lot. So dang, those are like a decade old. I'm like, yeah, it's my ninth pair. (laughs) Um, so I think Kyle Shanahan clearly is, is a Tinker Hatfield guy. And I don't know if he, if he is knowingly, but I know that Kyle Shanahan is an Air Max (laughs) nineties guy. Uh, mm. And Air Max 90s were designed by Tinker Hatfield, who did a lot of the Jordans, I think, starting with the three. Um, so I haven't seen Kyle Sh- Shanahan wear these. But if I were to ascribe a Jordan to Kyle Shanahan, it would probably be the Jordan four. Um, mm. He's he's kind of a Yeezy guy. He like when he's not in team like official team stuff, when he has to wear Nikes and like running shoes or Air Maxes or whatever. Uh, he's in Yeezys pretty consistently. So I think um, I don't know that he's necessarily a Jordan guy, but if I were to peg him in Jordans, it would, it would probably be Jordan fours. And I'm yeah. guessing they would be like the black cement ones. Yeah. That seems like Kyle Shanahan's style in my opinion. Like they're, they're really, really cool. And if you know what you're looking at, you're like, damn, those are some nice sneakers, but they're also pretty understated. The, uh, the white Oreo colorway too. I could see him wearing. Yeah. That looks extremely Kyle Shanahan. If we ever get Kyle Shanahan on the pod, we'll talk to him about his, about sneakers. And is that a thing? What Kyle Shanahan coming on the pod? Yeah. Are you just like low key working on this and just letting us know now? He, I mean, he does, he does other pods. He went on flying coach. He's been on Kawakami's pod. Um, I'm sure he's done some stuff with Mayoko. So, you know, it, it would probably be like an off season thing. Let's not get crazy though. He's he's been on Cali's he's been on Kawakami's podcast. So I mean, obviously, come on. <laughs> Shout out to Kawakami. That's how that's how yeah, that's how that's how that works. Yeah. Tim's great. Yes. Um so you're going Concords. I like the Concords. Yes. Obviously. Most comfortable I've, Jordan, the eleventh. <laughs> I've opened our list of questions twice and closed it out twice. So I had to fire it back up. Okay, here we go. Next one. Uh, this is from Diego. With the addition of Josh Norman, how soon can we expect the inevitable return of Dante Johnson? 
aka perpetual 49er aka mr st louis pick six about that pick six in st louis i don't know if i put it out in the ether but i remember thinking it uh this he's arrived he's here (laughs) dante johnson's the man um so you actually said when we were kind of talking about this before the pod you're like it wouldn't surprise me if dante the dante johnson era in san francisco is not over yeah i mean if there's anybody you sign after he's healthy to your practice squad it's dante johnson yeah like dante johnson as of like two weeks ago was getting reps with the starting offense in team drills yeah he can play inside he can play outside he plays special teams yeah it was when jason verrett had his foot thing and emmanuel mosley wasn't practicing because of the hamstring which is keeping him out now Dante Johnson was starting, was working with the starters at cornerback, and now he apparently has an abductor injury. I do not know anything about abductor injuries, so um, I'm guessing he's probably going to be out a few weeks and when he's healthy, and if the 49ers need a body, then they would resign him to the practice squad. So that is to say in a couple weeks, Dante yeah. Johnson will be back with the 49ers. Um, this is an interesting question from Trevor. Is Alex Mack an upgrade over Ben Garland? He says he looked at their PFF grades and Garland graded better. Obviously, those aren't everything, but would love to get the hottest take possible. The hottest take possible is that the 49ers made a mistake letting Ben Garland walk. Uh, the other take is that <laughs> Ben Garland might not be healthy enough to play football or yeah. have the desire to play after last year's calf injury. Yeah. Um, we don't know the severity of the calf injury, but from things i've heard is that ben garland it just wasn't really an option because ben garland doesn't really feel like playing football in 2021 um because of the injury so in terms of alex mack being an upgrade yeah having somebody who's a willing and capable starter (laughs) for someone who doesn't feel like playing football because he's hurt um is is absolutely an upgrade in terms of like what healthy ben garland was for the 49ers versus what a healthy alex mack would be for the 49ers. I mean, I think Mac I think Mac is is a great fit because you're just talking about somebody who has a profess, professorial knowledge of Kyle Shanahan's scheme mm-hmm. given that he's played in it 3 years and you're trying to develop a quarterback in Trey Lance and also, you know, give Jimmy Garoppolo some help. Like the center is is an extension of the quarterback right? The center is doing a lot of quarterback stuff in terms of calling out protections, identifying blitzes, um, all of those things. If the quarterback doesn't have to worry about setting protections, then the quarterback can worry about the coverages and take, take more time to, to get as much information as possible from the secondary rather than figure out, you know, who we need to block and where's the extra guy coming from. And like Alex Mack can do that. So I think in that sense, even though Alex Mack is 36, that's really the upgrade you're getting over somebody like Ben Garland. Not that Ben Garland was a bad player, but you're talking about an all-decade center who's played great football in this system before um, right. and knows what it looks like. So, yeah, I think there it's fair to wonder about, you know, Alex Mack at age 36, but um, but I think he can make up for it with how much he can help the offense with just the mental side of it. Yeah, and I don't think, too, I don't think you can take Alex Mack's last couple years in Atlanta where that was not a great team. I don't think it was a particularly well-coached team, especially offensively, and just say, oh, he's in a steep decline. And like you said, he's 36. But 
Uh, he is recently as 2018 was or 2019, excuse me, was playing like good football. And he's always been a really stout pass blocker, which is something that the 49ers have needed on the inside, especially if they're going to be figuring out their right guard situation on the fly. So having just a steady veteran presence in the middle that I like the word you use has a professorial knowledge of this offense. I think that's going to be a really big deal. And just having somebody who can stay healthy and be reliable in the middle of the offensive line is, is significant. Because we saw the kind of disaster that can happen. We saw it in 2019 in the Super Bowl when when Weston Richburg went down. I think that was in week 14 against the Saints that he got hurt. Um, we saw in 2019 in the Super Bowl what happened. And then we saw last year when they were cycling through players at that position. So if Alex Mack is just healthy, I think his average level of play is going to be better than what the 49ers have gotten the last couple of years. Alex Mack has appeared in... All 16 games in 10 of his 12 seasons. He appeared in five games in 2014, and he missed two games last year. Hmm. Um, I'm looking up the the injury for... Oh, he broke his fibula, so it was a broken bone. Um, So it wasn't like soft tissue or a tendon or ligament or something like that. He also played on a broken leg in the Super Bowl. Her broken ankle? Okay. I didn't, I was unaware of that, but yeah. So Alex Mack, um, he should, I, I think he could be one of the more underrated signings for the 49ers this off season, or at least just underrated moves in general. Because yeah. I agree. They, they really needed to solidify the center spot. Like they started the season with Ronis Grassu as their center last year. And I'm not entirely sure if Ronis Grassu is in the NFL right now. Yeah. And if he is, he's definitely not, starting for a team that wants to try and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, He's currently so yeah. a free agent, so yeah. Alex Ronis Mack is, is most definitely an upgrade. Uh, Going to stick on the offensive line here for a minute. Uh, Cadmus, whose Twitter avatar is a Pliny the Elder logo, so shout out. Uh, has the coaching staff given any consideration to Jalen Moore at right guard? That's something that you talked about a little bit I think on the last podcast, because Jalen Moore spent most of all of this offseason at left tackle, probably going to be the swing tackle going into the year. But if he doesn't start the season at right guard, is there any chance that you think he kicks in there and kind of works in there in practice? So I asked Kyle Shanahan about this exact thing twice. Uh, The first time was after the Chargers preseason game. Um, and he basically said that was before final cuts. So he was, he basically said that really all they're trying to do right now is find their best eight or nine guys and, uh, and then figure out positions later, which indicated to me that he was open to potentially the idea. Cause I think transitioning from tackle to guard, I think what's more difficult about it is the fact he would be transitioning from getting a bunch of playing time on the left side to the right side. I don't think playing tackle and guard is really that, um, is is that steep of a transition, like too steep that he can't do it? I think it's flipping sides of the line that makes it a little bit more difficult. And the fact he's a rookie, right, who hasn't gotten any time on that side of the, that side of the line. Um, so I asked Shanahan. We can ask about our guest it. on Wednesday. What I said, we can ask our guest on Wednesday. Keep going. Oh, good call. Um, and so I asked Kyle Shanahan again after final cuts. And he basically said that for right now, Moore is going to stick a tackle just because that's Mm -hmm. where they need him, right? Like they had 
Um, in the offseason, they lost Justin School to an injury for the season. He's on injured reserve. He tore his ACL, ACL. I believe. Sean Coleman uh, didn't make the team. Yeah, he's on injured reserve. He's not going to play this year because of a triceps injury. Um, and those are probably your two likely swing tackle guys. And so now it's kind of it kind of has to be Jalen Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that Jalen Moore will be the swing tackle all season? Like, would it surprise me if Jalen Moore week seven is starting at right guard? No, it wouldn't really surprise me because there's there are going to be opportunities for teams to zero in on Daniel Brunskill. And frankly, I think Daniel Brunskill is the weakest link of the offensive line and it's not particularly close. Right. So like, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Is Daniel Brunskill playing well enough to keep the starting job? And if not, then they explore their options. Because the nice thing about Daniel Brunskill is if you demote him from your starting right guard spot, then he can be your swing tackle. And right. we've seen him in that role hand up well enough in 2019 when he had, when he had to do it for a few weeks here and there. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I think more, I think more is one of their best five offensive linemen right now, full stop. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, um, it, it, it's, it's more of him needing time, uh, to get comfortable over there, but they, they might not have time if he has to play tackle at all. Um, and maybe he won't. And if he doesn't, maybe that that'll allow him to get some practice time, um, to play right guard. So let's, let's stick on this topic here then for a minute, because on the fly, somebody just asked a question. Uh, this is from Christopher. Do you see Aaron Banks progress, uh, progressing into a starter during the season? And if so, how soon? I would, if you're handicapping that a player other than Daniel Brunskill is going to play right guard at some point this season, I think Jalen Moore has to be the favorite. I think right? Jalen Moore is m- more so Jaylen, than Aaron Banks. Jalen Moore had a much better training camp than Aaron Banks. Right. Um, but Banks doesn't have to move positions and sides of the line. Right. And I think. The, the reason why, I mean, a big reason why Jalen Moore had a better camp than Aaron Banks is just the context of where they were drafted, right? Like, if you get... That makes sense. And and the circumstances around the injury. Like, Daniel Brunskill was healthy all of camp, right? Trent Williams missed some time in the preseason because of a knee injury and didn't even play in the preseason. So, it wasn't... Mm-hmm. I think maybe... Yeah, he played a little he got bit a in, in the Raiders in the, game. Yeah. But he didn't play in the first two games. So, there are opportunities for Jalen Moore to play with the starters. Um, Aaron Banks didn't have that opportunity because Daniel Brunskill was healthy and available, and he never really did anything to even get into the conversation for for the first team, uh, even before he injured his shoulder in the preseason opener. So I don't think Aaron Banks looked great uh, to open training camp, and that doesn't mean I think he's not going to be good. If you remember, like how it was put to me by somebody in the building was that Lakin Tomlinson was also had sort of a rough transition into the offense, right? When he first came over in 2018, because they, they traded for him early in the season. Mm-hmm. It was like right around final cuts and it took him a couple weeks to get in the starting lineup. But there were a lot of the same questions. Like, is he quick enough for the outside zone stuff? Um, You know, what is he too big? Is he, he doesn't have that like, tackle like athleticism that you typically see from guards and Kyle Shanahan's offense. A lot of that applies to Aaron Banks. So there's certainly an opportunity for Aaron Banks to get up to speed, be 
and and make a, a positive transition in the same way Lake and Tomlinson did. But it might take a little bit of time because now he's sort of behind the eight ball and that he missed most of training camp with an injury. Um, and now he's healthy. He's returned to practice over the last couple of weeks. So I think there's absolutely a possibility he could get thrown in there. But, um, you know, we're not going to see practice in terms of like where guys are lining up and how they're doing in team drills. But Aaron Banks what just wasn't great early in uh, training camp. And we saw in the preseason in the one game he played, he wasn't particularly good. Um, so I think it's a pretty steep hill to climb for him, but I think he could get there. Sure. Um, but even though Jalen Moore is sort of their swing tackle, I think Jalen Moore has a better shot, uh, just because Jalen Moore has been a better player. Um, right. and given that you initially signed him to play inside, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he ended up playing at right guard at all. All right. Last question here from Sam G is Norman a statement about the progress of Anbury Thomas or Diamador Lenore? Um, we covered this a little bit earlier, but I think it's maybe says more about Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's the same, same thing we said earlier in that just right now, they don't feel great about thrusting them in to uh, a high pressure situation. You know, like if a sure. rookie cornerback is on the field because somebody gets hurt, the offense is immediately attacking that guy. That's just how it works. So, you know, like I think Diamondor Lenore had a good training camp. He was excellent in the preseason. Ambry Thomas had a lot of knock, uh, rust to knock off. Um, and I think Ambry Thomas has the upside of, of a good starter in the league. I think it's just going to take some time. Mm-hmm. But I think Josh Norman, like most simply put, is just an upgrade over Dante Johnson. And even though he hasn't had a training camp, clearly the 49ers feel more comfortable with him potentially being able to play right now than Ambry Thomas or uh, Diamador Lenore if needed. And, you know, there's a chance that Josh Norman lasts like half the season. And if Lenore has to play because somebody else gets hurt or whatever, and he acquits himself well, then he's gotten that experience that you were a little bit worried about maybe potentially week one, but now it's week nine and we don't need Josh Norman anymore because we realize Diamador Lenore or Ambry Thomas is good enough that they can just survive now. See, I'm not even sure it has anything to do with Lenore necessarily. Like maybe Dante Johnson just wasn't going to be healthy for week one and they didn't want to go in with four cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So they literally just brought him in as a direct replacement for whatever Dante Johnson was going to be. Yeah. And and John Middlecoff made this point on the ham pod um, that a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of teams have slot corners who can play outside also. Mm -hmm. Um, K1 Williams isn't, isn't an outside player. Right. So it's just that that's just a reality of the way you got to build the team is that you got to have that extra guy. So it, mm-hmm. it was going to be Devonte Harris, but he had the hamstring injury. It was going to be Dante Johnson, but he had the abductor injury. And so now it's Josh Norman because you don't want your only available backups to be rookies playing in their first game. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it speaks to the margin of error. The 49ers have this season. Like there's, they want to win the Super Bowl the best way to win the Super Bowl is to get a first round by it's going to be really, really hard to get a first round by because there's only one of them now instead of two. So you can't be the two seed and get a first round by you still got to play wild card weekend and the 49ers have a pretty early buy. So for them, 
every game is magnified and every decision like this is magnified because if a rookie gets beat and you lose a game by a score, then, you know, it could, it could be a decision that ultimately defines your season in terms of how successful it is Mm -hmm. because winning the Super Bowl could come down to having to buy, you know, being a fresher team, having home field advantage, playing the NFC championship game at home versus green Bay or Seattle or LA or Tampa or wherever. Like that's what the, that's the stakes for the 49ers. So all of these decisions are pretty important because it could be that having Josh Norman or not having Josh Norman, because one of your starters is out because of an injury is the difference between, uh, you know, getting the one seed or getting the four seed. And you remember 2019, like, they would have been the five seed had they not won that Seattle game in week 17. Right. They would have had to go on the road. And the only way they would have gotten a home game in the playoffs is if God, I don't even remember who the six seed was. Was it Minnesota? It would have been Minnesota or anyway, the only way the 49ers would have, yes. would have had a home game is if they hosted the six seed in the NFC title game. Right. Right. Which just doesn't happen. So, um, that like who knows if it was 49ers, minnesota by the way yeah but so who knows if the 49ers would have gotten to uh the super bowl if they didn't get that first round by like they needed it right like yeah. they were hurt like jaquaski tart and d ford and quan alexander were all hurt at that point in the year and they used that extra week to get healthy and then and then the defense was really at full throttle in those two playoff games against minnesota and green bay so right. like that first round by and home field really matters in situations like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, they should beat the lions regardless of uh, what their secondary looks like and who is it quarterback. Now, what you don't want to happen is have Josh Norman be the reason you lose game. Oof. That'd be <laughs> tough. It's um, that could happen let's see, too. who's there. Is it, it's like Tyrell Williams is a receiver for the lions. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Haven't done a whole lot of Lions stuff yet. Yeah. Me, me neither. I've been, I've been locked into Trey Lance's index finger and Disneyland and Disneyland. Obviously <laughs> we will yeah. talk to, uh, we'll talk to speaking of the Lions. We'll talk to Jim Costa uh, he is a host for nine, nine, 97.1 The Ticket. That's in Detroit. Uh, he does Lions pre and post and halftime and all that jazz. So knows the team really well. And we will find out um, later on this week what uh, what exactly is awaiting the 49ers when they, when they face the Detroit Lions, who I don't think are going to be very good. The Lions receiving core is really a who's who. You ready? Oh yeah, I'm just going to go through their top four. Um, the aforementioned Tyrell Williams, former yeah, Raiders, uh, Char- Chargers, and Raiders player, um, <laughs> Khalif Raymond. Oh, uh, Titans legend. Sure. Um, Quintez Cephas, uh, Wisconsin legend, uh, and Tom Kennedy. Um. Part of the uh, political family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely involved with the Kennedys. Um, so that's. Oh, no, Tom Kennedy. That's a rapper. <laughs> OK, it's time for us to go. 
point here being that the the Lions don't have um they're not Sorry, what they're What's not the, the greatest show on turf. Oh, it's Dom. Dom Kennedy is the rapper. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we got That's it. Bad. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's be done with this podcast. It, we're delirious on a Monday night, and sleep deprived, sleep deprived, big time. Speaking of big time, big time guest coming up Wednesday. Super excited for that pod, and that will be out for you on Thursday. And then we'll also record a podcast Thursday with I mentioned Jim Costa. And can we say who the other guest is going to be? Is that locked in? Yeah, we can talk. Yeah, Joe fans coming on the pod. Joe fans on the pod. Everybody, I'm not going to uh, reveal Wednesday's guest, but Joe Fan's going to come on the pod Thursday. Uh, yes. The newest, the new or one of the newest members of the Blue Wire Podcast Network family. Uh, he's family. doing some gambling stuff with WinBet. He's moving to Vegas. He's living the life. Um, so, good pal Joe Fan coming on. Obviously, used to work for 49ers.com. Was the Seahawks insider up at. Uh, NBC Sports, NBC Northwest. Sports Northwest. So um, Joe Fan, very knowledgeable about the 49ers and the NFC West in general. So um, yes. really excited. He's he's on the team now. And uh, yeah, he'll he'll I think he'll, he'll be a, a regular guest just to provide that, so. that extra perspective. I and really Wednesday's hope guest, so. Wednesday's guest, probably the most accomplished guest we've had, I would say. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think it's close. I mean, depending on how you view certain media people. Sure, 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 sure. We've sure. had some prominent media people on the pod. That's a good point. But in terms of just the industry, I guess, probably the most accomplished within the industry of sure. this little football thing we sure. talk about. All right. So, we'll get out Get of here. excited. Lots of guests coming up later this week, so you don't have to listen to me and Chris anymore. Uh, he's Chris and Kyle. Subscribe, rate, review to Kansas City Chronicles if you have not done that. And we will talk to you guys later this week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.